Hello and welcome to the iChiefs podcast series brought to you by the International Association of Fire Chiefs. This is a podcast series not only for our members within the IAFC, but really for any fire service leader who wants to learn about engaging topics to our industry, innovation, leadership skills, and all the other emerging subjects that are important in our arena. I'm Tom Jenkins, Fire Chief of the City of Rogers, Arkansas, and a past IAFC president. And I'm Sheldon Gilbert, former Fire Chief of the Alameda County, California Fire Department, and now ESCI Chief Development and Strategy Officer at the IAFC. We're glad you're here because this podcast is designed for you, the fire and EMS community. Before we start this week's topic, make sure to check out our library of episodes at iafc.org slash podcasts and subscribe to our podcast series at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you think the content is great, be sure to share it with your crew and give us a good rating or a thumbs up. Welcome, fire service professionals, to another episode of the IAFC podcast series. Now, we've covered a lot of interesting topics, and we cover a lot of innovation in the business, but I think in, in my travels and where I have an opportunity to work uh, in our industry, if there's, a, if there's a topic and a conversation being had right now between fire chiefs, within fire departments, that is really getting some traction, it's recruitment and retention of firefighters, that, that while this is still the best job in the world, arguably, um, it, the quantity of firefighters has been impacted in fire departments big and small, uh, based on conversations I've had, based on my own experience. And some would even say the quality of those applicants has, has uh, diminished some. And so this is one of uh, at least a three-part series where we're going to talk with fire chiefs from departments big and small, paid and volunteer, who are encountering these problems to understand what challenges they face in their own communities. And we also want to see, hopefully, what we can learn from any potential successes, big or small, uh, that could be implemented by um, other um, departments, by listeners of this podcast. So welcome back. Um, I'm joined today by my guest, uh, Chuck Ryan. Chuck Ryan is the fire chief for the city of Tucson and has been in place as the fire chief since 2019. And uh, but comes to the city of Tucson with a, a just a vast experience from Fairfax County, Virginia, where he got on the job in 1994. So, Chief Ryan, thank you so much for joining me today, and thank you so much for sharing with our listeners uh, what's going on in Tucson. Glad to have you here. Thanks, Chief Jenkins. It's good to be here. Now, in in coming to Tucson um, as a brand new chief, what can you tell me just um, fundamentally about? recruitment, um, how they were doing it in Tucson, what happened to it over time? What did you learn as a brand new chief um, that can kind of set the stage for our topic today? So uh, when I came in here, I started here in the city of Tucson at the end of September 2019. And, uh, you know, when you when you become a fire chief and you sit down with your whomever your boss may be, whether it's uh, the manager or the mayor or town council or whomever, um, you know, you get some you get some marching orders, some some desired goals and actions. And uh, among those was to, you know, start to try to fill the ranks, if you will, uh, of the Tucson Fire Department. At the time I got here, we had an authorized headcount of 632. Um, and we were running about 30 to 35 vacancies um, in addition to 
you know, folks being on various forms of extended leave, making them non-deployable. So in, for all intents and purposes, a whole lot of vacancies. Um, so kind of kind of got the pulse of, the pulse of what was going on and, and the lay of the land here uh, and and saw some opportunities uh, for improvement here. And we, we've embarked on this campaign over the past couple of years now, two and a half years to, to really uh, put our brand out there, if you will and to uh, to show why Tucson is is a, a city that somebody who's interested in fire and EMS would be interested in coming to work in. Well, it sounds certainly like as a new chief, you got in there, you jumped in with both feet to try to figure out what was going on. What are the, what, what is the challenges that you're seeing in Tucson? Is it like everybody else where you're seeing some dwindling number of applicants? Have you had recruitment and, and maybe even some retention challenges within the career ranks? Uh, yes to all of that. So uh, one of the things, one of the first things I did was ask, uh, work with our HR staff, city HR, to look back, do a five-year look back um, at just total numbers of applicants, right, and see where, where we were because, uh, you know, you, you hear different things. Labor tells you one thing, incumbent staff tells you another, and it's all, you know, it's all, it's all reported through the lens that they see it. But here's where the data showed us. So we were at a point where uh, probably five to six years ago, Tucson, like a lot of other departments, was enjoying a very high application rate, uh, you know, on the year of 1,200 to 1,300 applicants every time uh, a recruitment would open up for a recruit firefighter. Uh, over the years, that had dwindled down. And by the time I got here in 2019, we were down on the order of six to 700. So a pretty substantial reduction over a five to six year period, right? Um, and in talking to some of my peers here in Southern Arizona, although smaller departments, they're seeing the, we're seeing proportional declines in, in their applicant pools. Um, so we started to, to kind of peel back the layers of the onion and figure out, figure out why um, we weren't faced so much with a retention challenge in terms of having incumbent firefighters leave us here in Arizona, like in a lot of other places, it's a statewide public safety retirement system. So firefighters are fairly portable, to be honest. Um, but the challenge is there are a few departments that will hire laterally. So basically you can you could leave a firefighter could leave the city of Tucson and, and go work you know, for Phoenix or Sur Surprise or another jurisdiction, Flagstaff, you know, another jurisdiction, they carry with them their accrued uh, public safety pension time, but they basically start all over. There's very few number of departments that will take lateral hires. So that's, in, in some respects, that works to our advantage, right, in terms of keeping people, because once you get in, how many recruit schools do you really want to go through? Um, so we really focused seeing that the retention problem was was not as bad um, as maybe anecdotally suspected. We really focused on the recruitment piece and, and what we could do uh, to, to, you know, make, make ourselves more appealing as, as a potential employer. I think that's interesting um, that there, at least, you, you found through some looking at the data and understanding uh, what was causing uh, the issues that retention wasn't quite the challenge in in your experience in Fairfax before you came over there would you say um, there's some similarities or any differences that you might point out between you know recruitment retention and those uh, two large metro organizations um, some similarities in in the 
the recruitment piece, not the retention piece was was the same, but for a different reason. Fairfax County uh, enjoys its own uh, public safety retirement system, independent of uh, the Virginia retirement system. So, and it's not portable. If you leave, you leave and you start over wherever you go. So, and, and the same thing in terms of somebody coming into Fairfax from another jurisdiction, it's not, a, it's not portable per se. So folks, once they got vested, they tended to, we tended to stay in that system until, until retirement, right? Um, recruitment wise, um, I think some of it had to do with geography. Some of it had to do with the type of department. You know, Fairfax is a, is a large metro department in the national capital region. Um, you know, sort of a metropolitan suburban fire department. Tucson, on the other hand, we're down here in, you know, southeastern Arizona, 58 miles from the border with Mexico, uh, which is closer to us than any other metro department in the United States. So um, our our labor pool or our, our pool of potential candidates was, I think, a lot is, is a lot smaller. So and and the other thing is Fairfax did something we don't do here, and it's a system thing. And that is uh, sort of open and continuous application period, um, maybe closes for a month or two here or there. Here in Tucson, the way the system is structured, uh, we only open up our application period for six to eight weeks. We were only doing it once a year. Now we're doing it twice a year. So in that process, um, and, and it's something I have, you know, I'm working with city leadership on try to get away from that because we're, we lose potential applicants to other departments simply because we're just not, we're not open. We're not, you know, the, the portal is closed and can't even apply even if they wanted to. You know, that's interesting. I think sometimes the structural barriers that you don't think about that when most people got on the job, they're, they're, you know, departments hired in conjunction with standing, you know, timeframes for fire academies and everybody's different, right. but I'm glad that you, compared those, you know, the open, open application time versus that very structured time, you know, I, I agree with you. I think there's some benefits from the kind of the nimble nature of just always taking applications, um, especially with the generation we're hiring. What's, yes. What else? I mean, so you've got these challenges, your numbers uh, there in Tucson, you know, roughly 50% reduction, which I said, I would say, um, you know, I've talked to some fire departments who say that we have, we can't even get for every open spot we might get you know, one, uh, you know, applicant that meets the qualifications. So even if you're getting, you know, 600 applications, that's still pretty good, but a 50% reduction from years before, you know, that's still alarming. What, what have you done to try to combat that and improve it? So we've, we've seen, and we have seen improvement um, in the numbers. So the last Let's see for the 2021 recruit academy, and then we have a we have a class in right now. We all those numbers start to creep back up um, in terms of to at least total numbers of raw, just raw total applicants. Right, um, I think we we're about 845 for the group that's currently in the academy now. Hard to say, you know, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired of talking about COVID, Chief, to be honest with you, but COVID really threw a wrench into this because with the, and I'm not going to go into the politics, that's off limits for me, but the whole thing with, you know, the payroll protection and, and, and people 
needing to show they were applying for jobs. I don't know how much of that number is just people putting a job app in so they can say they put a job app in and continue to collect the pandemic unemployment benefit, right? We, I, I think we're a year away from figuring out if that was part of the increase or not. I'd like to think, um, certainly I'm not, not even enough to think it's not part of the increase, but I'd like to think it's a smaller part of the increase than, than some of the things we started to do. And, and nothing I say here, please, is, is meant as a, uh, a wrap on my predecessors or what the city of Tucson, the Tucson Fire Department was doing beforehand. I think, though, a lot of departments get, we all get in our ways of doing it. And this is the way we do it. And we need to, sometimes you need fresh eyes to say, we need to look at another way. Um, so, and I'm happy to talk about uh, some of that stuff, you know, as we go on. Well, no, I think this is, I think this is a great time to do that because um, I, I like what you said about fresh eyes is that we're, we're such a tradition based organization and, and that's not always bad. Matter of fact, oftentimes it's good, yep. but as we're dealing with a more nimble and transferable workforce and maybe even a, a more fickle workforce than ever before, you know, these traditional methods, they may work for some people, but it's obvious to me that we've we've got to change in this fire and EMS industry. So, yes, what what have you changed and what what do you see changing as, uh, you know, the future uh, as upon us? Um, so the, the, I've got a list of things here and I'll, I'll run through. And if you want to stop me at any point or we can circle back and talk about them individually. But, you know, one of the one of the things we did and and every fire chief in the country is probably at some level looking to diversify their workforce. Right. And that's certainly one of the charges that was put to me by the city manager and the mayor here in Tucson was to try and diversify the Tucson Fire Department to make it look a little more reflective of the community we serve. Um, easier said than done. Uh, I can't force people to fill out a job application. And uh, so, so we have to really think about, be intentional about how we go about that effort. Uh, so one of the things we did is we, we, sort, we found and did some research and found a, uh, a, a website that basically uh, coalesces public safety uh, recruitment opportunities. And the website is targeted towards minority and traditionally underrepresented groups. Um, so we, we, it, it's not super expensive. They reach a fairly wide audience. So we said, let's, hey, let's, let's throw our, our application. Let's put it on there, you know, put our job ad on there. So we did that. Um, like I said, given our, our, our unique, somewhat unique situation of being sort of geographically remote from, our, we have our own population area here in Pima County. You know, there's over a million residents, about 570,000 full-time in the city of Tucson. So our, our labor pool, our pool of applicants tends to be fairly local. We don't get a lot of out of there's too many applying here. So we, we made ourselves more visible to the community. We put uh, these big, colorful, eye-catching wraps on um, our city buses and the streetcar that's known as the Sunlink that runs around uh, downtown Tucson. So it, a lot of visibility there. We, we expanded the footprint with job fairs, both virtual and in-person, once they sort of resumed. Um, Tucson's a military town. Uh, Davis Monthan Air Force Base is here, huge employer uh, in the city. Um, we have a really good partnership with the Air Force. Their, their PJs, their, their paramedics train and do their uh, clinical ride time with our medic trucks. So a lot of military outreach, trying to capture people who are getting ready to come out of the military and into the civilian workforce. One of the things we really focused on um, was social social media and t 
targeting, really working to target um, three majors, you know, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram with content and, and um, advertisements, if you will, that reach the demographics that generally are served by those three platforms. We haven't gotten into the, the TikTok, TikTok or the Snapchat thing yet. I, I'm not sure how to navigate that, but I've got a really good PIO who does. Um, but that's that's brought some stuff to us. And then we also, I'll tell you, Chief, we also sort of reestablished a good working relationship with our traditional media here in Tucson, both television and print. And, and uh, one of the first things I did in my first three weeks here had a just hosted an hour long meet and greet um, because I'm I was the new kid in the block. I came from 2,300 miles away, you know. Have them come over to our headquarters and we just had a sit down and and it was open invitation and uh, most of the local media took us up on it and came over and just just to get to know you and just building that relationship has helped quite a bit too. Now, when it comes to and I love the kind of paradox that you've offered that that yes, you're, you're doing some things that are new and innovative. Like what a great reason. There's a thousand good reasons to have uh, diversity on the fire department, but uh, take, take a good crisis like this. And, and it's easy to see like that is, that is a wonderful talent pool that we can draw from and social media, but you're also kind of reinvigorating traditional methods to get good firefighter candidates, job fairs, your traditional, you know, television media, print media, what do you think if you had to guess and and I doubt you know, but if you had to guess, what has been the most effective at getting uh, the applicants to rebound in Tucson? Is it the social media aspect of it? Is it something else? You know, so it's all anecdotal. Um, there is on the on the application itself a box the applicant can check and fill out about how they heard about the job or how they heard about the department. Um, un unfortunately, as with uh, <laughs> a lot of data sources, some of this stuff, it's just not trackable. There's no way for us to pull that. I know that sounds crazy, but it, it is what it is. So I talk to recruit academies, you know, I, I speak to them several times during their time in and, and I ask them, how did you hear about us? Now, we do have a fair number of what I call legacies, right? Folks who are related to folks or, you know, sons, daughters, so on and so forth, the family relations. Um, but for the, uh, what I can tell you at purely anecdotally for the folks that have no prior connection to the fire service, it's, it's the social media and then just the stories they may see if they're catching the evening news. Um, that's, you know, watching the TV news, as you and I know, it is not a, a thing for the current generation, if you will, coming into the workforce. But Putting our putting our our not just the job announcements, but the work we do on those social media platforms has gotten people interested and, and and really telling them, you know, it's less about the fire and more about being a good public servant and caring for your community. You know, the, the fire fire departments traditionally we so we all sort of default to the burning building, the big red truck. But when 85, 86% of your call volume is EMS, that is here in the city of Tucson, we're not giving what the majority of the job is, it's due. And so people want to see what they're going to do, because if you sell them big red and the two alarm fires and everything else, they're going to be quickly disappointed in most cases. 
I am so thankful that you said that. I was up in Michigan talking at a conference uh, within the last month, and I got into a good conversation with some of the chiefs up there. And I can't help but feel like the longer I've been on the job, the more I feel like, you know, we, we do bait and switch with these applicants. You know, all the brochures are fire, fire, fire. And you're right, when it's 80, 85 percent EMS and, and just plain helping people who don't have anybody else to call at 3 a.m., uh, we're not we're not being as honest as we could with applicants. And I, I know even in my own department, when we hire, I find myself in the academy every time uh, telling them up front that, you know, we're, we're all in and the, the total job is just helping people. And, yeah, that's that's still some fire, but uh, it's a lot more everything else. And so I, I think um, I think I, I could not agree more with your comment. And. So here's, as we kind of close out, and this is one of uh, at least a three-part series that we're going to begin to explore, you know, is the problem universal? And I think we'll find the answer is no, that, that while recruitment and retention is a crisis, we know it's been a crisis in our volunteer ranks. Mm-hmm. I've said for years that I think the, the career staff definitely, I think we had this problem long before COVID. Um, I suspect you may agree with me. But I, I, what I really would, would hope that you can share as we kind of wrap up today, Chief Ryan, is, you know, if I'm, if I'm a fire chief listening from across the United States or internationally, and I know I've got a problem with recruitment, let's say, but I don't really know where to start. And I don't know some, you know, quick, actionable things that I can start to do to, to stop the leak. What would you what, what advice would you give me, uh, you know, from your perspective there in Tucson? What can fire chiefs begin to do if they want to start to improve this problem? Yeah, no, I, I think there's there's some there, we, we have to be willing. And, and I know I, I suffer from it, too. Right. Sometimes I get I get in the box and I, I sort of, you become sort of unwilling to hear other ideas. But first and foremost, I'd say tell tell your story and tell it meaningfully. Um, and like we just talked about, tell it honestly as well. Give the give the why your department is the one that somebody wants to come and work for or volunteer with, as opposed to a, a comp- not a, I hate to use the word competitor, but another agency. Right? We're all we're we're all looking for for firefighters and EMTs. Build those strong bridges with uh, local traditional media as well as on social media, and pay attention to your community groups, your neighborhood association, your faith based groups. They're, that's where your folks are going to come from, right? And, and these are the people who can be your ambassadors. You know, you're, they're force multipliers out there for you if you connect with them. And then be willing to meaningfully listen to the reasons as to why people aren't interested. Like, why don't why doesn't somebody want to come work for Tucson Fire? And 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 be willing to hear though. You know, have the ears to hear it. And if there's changes to be made, like we talked about, to existing processes and procedures. Well, maybe we, maybe it's time to blow them up a little bit. You know, take take a look at how we can disassemble them and put them back together in a way that makes it easier, more palatable, more more appreciable for somebody to come and and, and work or, or participate in the organization. Whether it's whether it's compensation, whether it's schedule, whether it's looking at flexible scheduling. There's a there's so many things, uh, Chief, that that this new group, new wave of employees is looking for that. Um, they're they're almost less concerned about stability, right? Uh, you know, when we got in the fire service, I was thinking of this as a as a thirty year plus career. A lot of folks now are are willing to say, "Hey, I want to try this for five years and move on." Well, maybe that's the reality, and maybe we capture their best five years, you know, and, and see about ways that we can do that.
that. Obviously, we want them to stay longer given the investment that's made. But sometimes you take, you know, you play the hand that's dealt to you. And this may be the hand we're being dealt right now. Well, one thing's for sure. It's a, it's a different game. Um, it's a different situation. And my uh, congratulations to you and the Tucson Fire Department for getting out there and trying to solve problems and understand, um, you know, what's going on that you said something early on in our conversation today, chief, that I want to compliment you for. And that's that, um, you, you, all fire departments have everybody sharing their opinion of the problem through their perspective lenses. Um, and you took the time to understand what the data showed and, uh, so, you know, measuring things and then improving upon them. That's a fine art. So good job, uh, in doing that. Thank you. We've been visiting today with Fire Chief Chuck Ryan of the Tucson Fire Department. You can follow the Tucson Fire Department and see the interesting things and the progressive things they're doing under Chief Ryan's leadership uh, on Twitter. And that's at Tucson Fire D-E-P-T um, as the department abbreviation. This has been an interesting conversation, the first of a three-part series to look at recruitment and retention in this nation's fire service so that we can better understand the problem and begin to share some of the solutions and innovative ideas that are out there to combat it and improve it over time. We'd like to thank our listeners today for downloading this podcast, and we'd always encourage you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to it. If you like it, leave a rating. We recommend that you share this podcast and the topics that we discuss with other fire chiefs in the business. We thank you for joining us today, and we'll talk again soon.